You're listening to the Personal Profitability Podcast, where you'll learn how to earn income, live better, and put your money to work for you. Here's your guide on your path to personal profitability, Eric Rosenberg. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the Personal Profitability Podcast. So, I, I like to read quite a bit. You know, we've had, um, we've talked about some books on the show and we all know I'm a writer. I'm a, I'm a blogger. I've written one Kindle book before. Uh, I wrote it to be an ebook. It's, uh, most of the copies have gone on Kindle, but it wasn't all that successful from the ebook perspective. It was one of my, I'd say one of my more flop like things I've tried in, in my personal profitability business experiments. But on the line with us, we have Tom Corson Knowles, who has written 26, 27 ebooks, it looks like, including the Kindle Publishing Bible. And Tom is, um, this is, this is his, his full time gig. He, he knows this stuff inside out. So say hello to, to everybody, Tom, and welcome to the show. Hey, Eric. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. That's yeah, great to have you. So, uh, how did you come up with this idea of, of writing and publishing for Kindle? Well, uh, you know, I, I started writing this little personal manifesto when I was in college of what I thought it meant to lead a successful life because I was in business school at Indiana University and my classmates, like their dream job was to go to Wall Street and become investment bankers and earn six figures and basically work a hundred hours a week at a cubicle. And their dream, I, I that dream was like sounds. my nightmare. Like I used to, I used to really want that. I actually even went and spent a week on Wall Street as part of a class in my MBA program to check it out. It was when I was there it was when I figured out it's like, this is like slavery. Like they pay you well, but you're, you're chained to that, that gray cubicle. So I, I totally exactly. get that. I actually just uh, liberated myself from gray cubicle land in April. So you, you never took the plunge. You, you never went that direction. No. So this was like, you know, I was 19. I was a freshman in college and I saw what my classmates were doing. I was like, these guys are crazy. I was freaked out because I, I knew if I just kept going down the path I was going, that's where I would end up. And I really didn't want to end up there. So I just started writing this you know document on my computer, which eventually turned into a book. And it was really just about what I thought it meant to lead a successful life, you know, having freedom financially, but having, you know, life freedom and time freedom and relationship freedom and all, you know, health and all this good stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the, the, how I started writing my book, but I, I tried to get traditionally published and just failed miserably. It's like, I was just banging my head against the wall. Did you um, do the, the old fashioned, I'll send in the letters and see, see, send in my manuscript and see what they say approach. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, it's nonfiction. So you do like book proposals and stuff, but um, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was just pitiful because you would, you'd send out hundreds of these things and you would never get a response from agents or publishers. It was just like this black box you're just wasting your time with. And so about five years ago, a friend just mentioned in a, in a casual conversation, you know, why don't you just self publish your book on Kindle? And that to me was just like light bulb moment. Like, like, wait, you can, you can do that. <laughs> because when I, when I wrote my first book, Eric, this was like, you know, over 10 years ago, and back then, if you wanted to self-publish a book, you know, there weren't ebooks. There, you know, there were there were ebooks actually. It was before Kindle though. So like no one knew about them. There was no market for it. There was no big um, platform. Exactly. And so if you wanted to self-publish a book, that meant you had to spend twenty five thousand dollars, get five thousand books shipped to your garage, warehouse them in your garage in a climate controlled environment. Every time you wanted to actually sell a book, you had to go out, find the customer, collect the money from the customer, put the book in an envelope, lick it, stamp it. You put on the address in your handwriting and ship it out and take it to the post office, right? And like that business what model just seemed to me like absolutely ridiculous. It's such a huge time investment or time and money investment. It's, it doesn't, uh, there's no scale 
It's it's just exactly yeah. So so you found out you could publish on Kindle or, or online. What what were your next steps? How did you uh, how did you dig in? So this was about five years ago. So I just I researched everything I could at the time about how to actually self-publish a book because on, on Amazon, on Kindle, because there there wasn't really much info out there. There was like two books on the topic and a couple of bloggers were talking about it. So I read everything I could and then I just I just jumped right in. I mean, I, I went to Fiverr.com, got a five dollar ebook cover, and it was terrible, but it worked. Um, and I learned how to format the book myself and just publish it on Amazon. But the thing was, Eric, like I was like so embarrassed I had to self-publish my Book, I didn't tell anybody. So, so you know, I didn't tell a soul what I had done. So, um, so without but promotion. I logged back into my into my Kindle account a month later, and I saw I had like eleven sales. Sweet. And that for me was just huge. I was I, I immediately saw the opportunity because if I can sell eleven books without telling anyone what I'd done, imagine what I could do if I treated this like a business. How much did you make from those first eleven? So I think they were at two ninety nine. So I made I don't know twenty two dollars. So there you go. So we're, we're we're making money. We're covering the bar tab. Exactly. So, you know, the thing was like, I was a writer and so I had been blogging for years and it took me three years to earn my first $22 from my blog. And I did it with my book in a month without telling anyone. So, you know, for me, it was just like, okay, this is, this is huge. This is going to be huge. And so I just, I just focused on that business day in, day out. I was, you know, I was writing every morning. I was working on marketing and publicizing my books. And, you know, 10 months later, I had my first $12,000 month in just ebook royalties alone on Amazon. So what is your right how when you decide to write a new book how do you pick your topic what is the genesis of a of a book look like so you with with all your experience now you there were lessons learned along the way I'm sure you, all of your books weren't weren't huge successes so from the ones that were most successful how were you able to you know package that into a process that you can come up with new book ideas that you know will be more or you suspect will be more successful yeah, it's a great question. So there's a simple process that, to go through and it works for me. It works for everyone. This is what I, I teach all my students and my clients. So essentially, you, you just want to start out with ideas, right? And so uh, get a pen and paper and a notebook and no distractions, turn everything off and just focus and write down on the paper, you know, what could I write a book about? You know, what what am I an expert in? What stories and message would I love to share with the world? And everybody's and an expert in something, brainstorm. right? Like, so, so there, it doesn't have to be about, you know, we're talking about like I know your, your big topics or things around, you know, personal development, finance, communication. If people, how, how do you think people should limit themselves to something that they think can sell initially or should when they build that list, they just think of everything they're an expert in? No. Okay. So, so follow the process there. Just hold, hold on. So, so first you want to get all the ideas and then we're going to do market research. Okay. <laughs> okay. So first step is get all your ideas on paper because the problem with creative people, Eric, is that we have so many ideas and if you don't clarify them and you don't allow yourself to express them, what's going to happen is you're going to get halfway through a book and you'll be like, Oh, but this other idea is even better. Right. And like people get that shiny penny syndrome. I'm sure you've seen that happen. I, I call it. So, I've I've shiny object syndrome with uh, with domain names and starting businesses. I'm like, right. oh, that's a okay. business idea. I could make a billion dollars doing that, and I have a whole bunch of uh, unfinished projects sitting around the internet. Totally. So what I found is that when you when you're a creative person, you organize your ideas on paper in a notebook, and you store them. It kind of locks them away, and so you don't feel so compelled to like have to do that next thing. You can just put it in your notebook, and you know you can always come back to it. 
right? And so that's part of this process is because if you want to be successful as a creative person, it's not just about finding the right market and hustling and being in the right place at the right time. You also have to like manage your emotions. You have to manage your, your thoughts and your ideas and your habits. And, you know, the biggest, one of the biggest internal obstacles creative people have is they just get distracted. You know, they, they just give up too soon. Yeah. So is, do you find people start writing and they stop in the writing process or they finish a book and they, where do people get hung up the most? I mean, everywhere. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's so, so many, many obstacles that get hung get up. So a lot of people don't start. A lot of people start and then quit. But I, so I think the thing is like, if you follow the process, it's going to work for you. So the first step of the process is you come up with all these ideas, you clarify them, you have them in a notebook, and then you keep that notebook at like, like uh, a journal, right? And you always have that. And so when anytime you get a new book idea, you're going to add that to your journal. Okay. And then so the second, second step of the process is once you have that journal, once you have your ideas stored and you know, they're secure, you're feeling confident because you're not going to lose your good ideas. That's when you actually go and you start kind of testing your ideas, right? And so the next step is you're going to review your list of, of book ideas and you're going to ask yourself, okay, which of these ideas am I most passionate about? Which of these ideas am I most excited about? Which of these ideas can I just not wait to write a book about, right? And that's going to limit you down to like maybe three or four or five. And then once you've got these top ideas that you're so excited about, about working on, that's when you actually go and do your market research. Right. So that's when you're actually going to go to Amazon and you're going to find the best selling books related to the books that you're planning to write. And you're going to browse the best sellers on Amazon and you're going to study everything you can about them from their book titles to their subtitles to the reviews to the book descriptions. You're going to read the first five pages of all of these books. You're going to read the reviews of all these books to find out what do readers love and what do they hate and how are these authors creating a book that makes people want to buy them. Right. And it also allows you to actually just test the market size. So you can actually go on Amazon and look at what's called the Amazon bestsellers rank and, and see exactly how many salespeople are, are selling on Amazon. And so the way you do that is you just copy and paste the Amazon bestsellers rank for ebooks on Amazon or for physical books. And then you can just go to tckpublishing.com slash calculator and have a free tool that will tell you exactly how many copies those books are selling in ebook format or physical book format. So you can actually see how big that market is. Is there a specific threshold you recommend people try to beat for their book projects or what's your, you know, what's your judgment call that says this is a good idea or not a good idea? So it just totally depends on what your goals are, right? So, you know, if you're, if your goals earn a million dollars in royalties, then you're obviously going to need a huge market, right? You're going to need a market where there are books already earning millions of dollars in royalties, right? If your goal is, you know, you want to earn $500 a month and you want to become known in this really tiny niche, then, you know, a smaller market will be just fine for you. Right. So it just really depends on your, what your goals and getting clear on what it is you're trying to achieve here. So if you're, so if people who just want to make as much money as possible, go for the biggest market possible. But if you have other related career goals, like you want to become a, I'll say a paid speaker, you might want to write about a niche topic because then you're the expert. Even exactly. though you make a little less on uh, on books, you might you know spark your speaking career. That, that's great. You know, deciding how to how to do this. So, so you find the market, you have your idea, you you think you you got your book idea. Let's you know, for an example, let's say you're you're a um, you're a pilot. I'm a private pilot. Let's say you're obsessed with flying planes, and you think writing about flying is your thing. What would you do next? 
Yeah. So once you've done the market research, you've found out, you know, how many, like how big the market is on Amazon. So you can go and see all the books on flying planes and see how well they're selling and get an idea of what the market size is and what your potential sales could be. And then once you've done that, definitely read the reviews of all those top books in your field and take a note of all the positive things readers are saying about these books and all the negative things they're saying about these books. And what you're going to do with that information is when you're actually outlining your book, when you're writing your book, you're going to make sure you incorporate all the things that readers really want in your market and make sure you're not making the mistakes that other authors have made that readers really hate in that market. So is it? do you think it's a problem to have a book that's too similar to the existing book or do you just want it... You, you want it to be similar maybe in some ways because it's already selling well. So you, you don't want to be too similar. So you don't just want to write like a Me Too book, right? Like no one wants to read the next Harry Potter or the next Think and Grow Rich, right? Like why would you do that when you just go back to the original, right? And because the original has notoriety. It has branding. Everyone knows about it, right? There's a right. cachet to it. But um, so a big mistake a lot of people make is that they try to write like a Me Too book and just kind of copy something else. And it becomes just this bland, vanilla, boring rehashing of old content. And so you definitely need to make your book different, right? It doesn't need to be better, right? A big mistake a lot of entrepreneurs make is we, we try to make a better product, mm-hmm. uh, which is important, right? I'm not saying that's not important to have a better product. But in the mind of the consumer, what really matters the most and what drives sales the most is having a different product, having a unique product, right? That's like nothing else out there. That's what you have to do with your books. You have to create a book that's like nothing else out there. And that's how you have these bestsellers that just continue to sell year after year after year after year because there's nothing else like them, right? Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that you'll, you'll be able to learn when you're reading the reviews of the top books in your field is you'll be able to see where those gaps are in the market, right? Because you'll see all the negative comments from readers and all the things that existing authors have not thought about, haven't incorporated in their books, haven't taught their audience. And that's where you can see the big opportunities. Great. So, so, you, um, so you, you have your unique book idea. What is your writing process like? And I know there's, everyone has a little bit different process. You know, when I'm like writing a blog post, I, um, I just write. And sometimes I, I outline it first, but usually I just hit the keyboard, write my intro and just let it flow. When writing a book's obviously much different. You know, you can't write a whole book in a sitting unless you're a, unless you're a machine. <laughs> so what, what is that development experience? look like when you're working on a book? Right. That's a great point. So yeah, it's very different from blogging. And a lot of bloggers find it... Uh, if you just do the same process you've been you've been using to write blog posts, it takes forever to write your book, right? Because a book is going to be longer. It has to be more organized. And the, like, the longer the book gets, the more complicated it gets. Like you forget, well, what was in chapter one? What was in chapter two, right? And so it's really important that your book is structured well, especially for nonfiction. Right. So a huge part of the value of a nonfiction book is how it's structured. So it's not necessarily what you're teaching people, but it's how you're structuring the information in the book. So, for example, you know, if you're writing a book on, uh, on how to build a website and you have all the right information, it's the best information in the world on how to build an amazing website, but it's out of order. People who aren't technologically savvy are not going to be able to follow that book, right? They're just going to be amazingly confused because it's not in the right order. So the organization is really, really crucial. And it's got to be, for nonfiction especially, it has to follow along a certain path where you're taking the reader from the beginning, which in a lot of cases is just like zero. You have to kind of assume that your reader knows nothing. 
right? And so even if you're writing a book, you know, on piloting for expert pilots, you still have to assume that your reader kind of knows nothing in the sense that you're not assuming that they're stupid, but you want to make sure that in your book, anyone can pick that book up and follow along. So you want to lay right? a good it, foundation at the beginning for any knowledge level to get started. Exactly. And it's really just about communicating your ideas clearly. And, and again, in an organized fashion, you know, it's like, if you're giving, uh, if you really want someone to to read your book from beginning to end, they have to be able to follow it along. It has to be really clear. It's it's like guiding someone through a path at dark in the dark, right? Like you have to like shine the flashlight at their feet so they can see where they're going, and you know, tell them to turn left at the tree, and you know, you just have to guide them uh, every single step of the way, or they're going to get lost. And that's the, a big mistake a lot of first time writers make with a book is that they just write it kind of like a blog post. And so there's like, you know, chapter one is a blog post, chapter two is a blog post, but it's not organized. It doesn't draw the reader from beginning to end. And so the readers get lost and they stop reading. And another thing with, with books, Eric, is that you have to really appeal to the mass market, mm-hmm. right? So even if you're writing a book for pilots, the best, the best thing you can do for long-term sales to get the most sales is instead of trying to make it the this very niche book, instead of trying to make it only appeal to pilots, you want to make it appeal to pretty much anyone with an interest in your topic. So anyone who's interested in planes should be able to pick up your book and follow along. And so even if they never want to go and get their pilot's license, they never fly a plane, they should still find it to be an enjoyable read and easy to follow along. And so that's another aspect, another way to think about, you know, writing your book for someone and assuming they know nothing. So even if you aren't the world's most foremost expert in the topic, you can still write a book and do well because you're writing it for the everybody and odds are you know more than the average person even if you're not the expert, right? Yeah, I mean, definitely. So you definitely have to have some good information. You have to have some great content to share with people. But, you know, it's not enough, right? It's not enough to be the world's best pilot. You have to be able to communicate the information in a way that everyone can follow along. So when you are working on that structure for your book... Do you look at other successful books? Like, do you buy copies of the books in the niche that have done well and see how they're laid out to compare? Or do you have kind of a formula you use to plug and play? Or is every book different? So I don't do it that way, but I do recommend first-time authors do it that way. So so I don't go like I'm going to write a book on, you know, flying planes. Like I wouldn't go and buy 10 books from the library and look at, you know, how they're laid out and how they're organized, but I would go to their Amazon pages and do all the things I mentioned before, checking out the titles, the descriptions, reading the first 5 to 10 pages, reading the table of contents, right? But it's it is important if you're a first-time author and you want a physical book, go do go to the bookstore and look at the best-selling books in your field in like the physical format and see how they are organized and laid out because that is going to give you a better vision of how your project's going to end up. So it's important to understand that, but it's not the process that I go through today just because I'm so experienced. Uh, unless I'm writing something like a, like a, you know, a children's board book that I've never done before, then I'll go to the library and check those out. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So you've written your book, you laid out your book, let's you, you've written it, you, uh, you had your Ernest Hemingway weekend or, or trip and you locked yourself away with your typewriter by the lake. Your book's done. What do you do next? You, you can't just publish it and hope. There's a saying in blogging, you know, post and pray does not work. You have to do some kind of promotion and more P words. So what, what does it look like when you finish the book? What do you do? 
Yes. Yeah, so, so for when it comes to marketing a book and actually getting sales, what you what you have to realize is it's like a combination lock, right? It's like this combination lock. If you're seeing a combination lock, it's got like you know six or seven numbers and for the lock, and you have to get every number just right, or the lock won't open. Mm-hmm. It's the same way with a book. You have to get everything about your packaging, your branding, your messaging for your book on point. You have to have all those numbers lined up perfectly, or you're not going to get really great sales results. And so the big factors that really, really drive sales starts with when you're doing that market research, right? It starts with having a big enough market where you can actually meet your financial goals, right? Mm-hmm. That's crucial. If you, if you miss that step, it doesn't matter how good the book is and, and everything else, you're not going to do well. If you write so, the most awesome book in the world on, on lawnmower racing, you might not do that well because there's just not that many people who want to buy that book, right? That's exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, like I had, I had a student who wrote a book on uh, how, to, how to use sprinkler systems. And, you know, it was like, why am I not getting any sales? You know, because it's, it's not a market. There's no market for that because anyone can go to a blog or a YouTube and find that exact same information in five minutes. Right. Right. So that's really a big, big part of it. And then it's when you write the book, making sure, again, that it's organized, easy to, to, to follow along for people and that you've incorporated all the things that your readers really want. Right. So if you've read the reviews and you know what's in your book is exactly what they want, you haven't made the major mistakes that other authors have made that are turning readers off. And so you know that you have this great product. And again, you, you're not doing a Me Too book. So, you know, it's a unique book, a unique message. You've done it in a unique way that's different that readers are really going to enjoy and love and talk about. Because the number one reason people buy books is word of mouth, right? Word of mouth mm-hmm. sales. So that's all crucial. Then once you have that, that's when you create the packaging around your book. That's when you create the branding for the book. And so once you've created that unique book, you have to figure out, okay, well, how do I tell readers why my book is so unique and why it's so important and why they have to buy it, right? So you're going to create this brand, this idea that's going to sell your book. Now, what is the hook that's going to get people in? And as soon as you tell them about it, they're going to say, oh, I want that. I need to, I need to buy that book. I need to go read that book. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if you're writing a book uh, on flying planes, you have to find out what is it that your target reader really wants? So like what is most important to them and, and how do you uh, find that messaging and match that messaging to your book? And so once you've created that kind of brand message, that brand strategy, that's when you create the book title, the subtitle, the, the book description on Amazon, the blurb that's actually going to get people to buy the book, uh, the book cover. All of these elements are really crucial to your success. And if you mess up any one of them, if you have a bad book cover, you know, that's, that's one of those numbers in the lock. If you mess that up, it can just tank your sales. So, how and so do people, all of your stuff has to be on point. It has to be on brand. So how do people, let's say you don't know anything about branding. You just know about your one topic. You, you wrote your book. Where we, how do you learn how to brand this and, and get the right cover? I mean, you, know, you can do it from Fiverr, like we mentioned earlier, but if you want something a little higher quality, you know, you're not going to do it yourself in Microsoft Paint. <laughs> what, what, how right, do you totally. approach that? So the, so the easiest way to do it, if you have a big enough market, is just go to Amazon, find the best-selling books and browse their covers, right? Take a look at their book covers, take a look at their descriptions, take a look at, at, at all that stuff and, and create this kind of like swipe file or create notes on it. So... So for the book cover example, what you would do is you'd find all the best-selling books in your field, look at all the book covers and take notes. Okay, what fonts are they using that really stand out to you that, that you think like match the messaging, match your, your, that make your, your audience interested? What kind of imagery are they using? What kind of colors are they using? Right? And, and try to find all these different elements of covers that are for existing best-selling books in your field that are really attractive. 
And then when you go to hire the designer, you can link to those books and say, hey, here's one book cover. I really like the font. Here's one book cover. I really like the lighting. Here's one cover. I really like the image, right? And you can find that these elements of it that match the brand, that match the messaging and positioning you want to have in that marketplace. So you don't have to be an expert on it at all. So then when you piece it all together using, you know, a little bit here, a little bit of inspiration there, you have a finished product that's something that's unique to you and what you wanted, but you still, you know, had, had a trustworthy source looking at what's working. So it's kind of like a best of both worlds. You, you get to be creative with it, but at the same time, you're following what works, you know, what, what's mm-hmm. already going. I, I like that. That's great. So, so you... Exactly. And so a big part of the, the, the branding, Eric, is that it's an emotion, it's an emotional experience and it's an emotional decision that people make when they buy stuff, right? And so your book cover, no one's going to look at your book cover and be like, oh, I love, you know, that pretty rose in the background and the way it's accented and right. People don't think that way, right? We think very emotionally, like we feel the book cover, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, it's like movie posters, you know, like you see a movie poster and you're just like, oh, I have to watch that movie because it, it makes you feel like there's an action movie. Maybe there's a huge explosion and a, a helicopter and a bazooka. And it's just like, oh, that's cool. I want that. Right. And and you have to create that experience with your book cover. And so that's why you you should go through this process to find out what are the covers out there that that give you that emotional experience that you want your readers to have when they look at that, because that's how you get readers to buy. Even though most even though we know you usually shouldn't judge a book by its cover, everybody does it. So exactly. And we do it unconsciously. So you have to you have to be aware of that and you have to give your readers what they need to unconsciously understand your book and your story. Great. So you you have your cover, you have your branding. How do you actually publish it? How do you get it so people can buy it? So uh, one thing you have to do for eBooks is you have to format them for Kindle. If you're going to publish on Kindle, which you definitely should because it's like 70% plus of the eBook market. So you have to have it formatted properly. And so formatting an ebook essentially is just getting the file and the text in a layout that is easy to read and smooth and clean for the reader. So if you mess this up, what's going to happen is people are going to open up your book on their iPhone or iPad or computer. And there's going to be all these like blank pages and spaces and text going to be out of alignment. It's going to look terrible. And you're going to get bad reviews and your sales are going to tank. So it just has to be formatted properly. And I have a free training that just walks you through the process in about 30 minutes at ebookpublishingschool.com. And the first video there, I just walk you through exactly how to format your ebook for Amazon. Perfect. So, so that's something you can do yourself. Is it something you think newer people should hire someone out? Or after checking out that course, it's something they can just take a little time and rock it out? No, yeah. Just, just watch that video. You can do it in 30 minutes and, and just do it yourself. You can outsource it later if you want, but if you if you try to outsource it before you understand it and understand how it works and why you need to do things a certain way, you're probably going to make mistakes and hire the wrong people and spend too much. Uh, I've seen so many authors who hired someone who was a quote unquote professional ebook formatter, and the formatting was just terrible. And so anyone can do it yourself with free software. It's super easy to do. So that's why I recommend I'll save you a ton of time and money just to follow along with that training. Uh, that's that's awesome. So you you have it formatted. You you just go to Amazon.com, hit upload, and, and you're good to go? Or are there some more steps in between? Yeah, pretty much. So it's, it, the website is kdp.amazon.com. You can log in with an existing Amazon account or create a new account. And then you just add your bank account information, your tax information, so Amazon can pay you royalties. And then you click, you know, add new title. And so what are you going to upload? You're going to upload your, you know, your ebook file that's been formatted, your, your ebook cover. 
and then all the metadata. And so the metadata is basically things like the title, the subtitle, the book description, your categories, your keywords for your book, right? This is just stuff that goes into different industry databases and also for Amazon's database to make sure your book is properly searchable for people. So if they type in, you know, how to fly a plane, right, your book is going to show up to those keywords because you've, you've put them in there. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, the metadata is definitely important. You want to make sure that's done accurately. You can always come back and change it, um, but you want to do your best job as possible to make sure everything is as accurate as possible. And you know, simple things like having your author name be be the same for each book you have. I've seen people with like eight different author name variations. And the problem with that is that in the industry databases, no one knows who you are, right? So if someone is looking up, you know, the next Eric Rosenberg book, and you've got eight different author names, you have Eric J. Rosenberg and Eric Rosenberg with a U and right, mm-hmm. all these different weird spellings and stuff, people aren't going to be able to find the books that they're looking for. And so you're going to lose a ton of sales that way. So, so you have your author profile, you have everything set up just right, you have your launch date in mind. What do you do before you launch your book to try to get sales when it's live? So, well, one of the things you definitely want to do before you launch the book is you want to make sure you have an email list and you're building an email list, right? Because the number one asset you can have in business is your list of customers. And the problem when you are selling books, whether you're an author or publisher, the retailers are never going to give you the contact information for your customers. So when you sell a book on Amazon, on uh, Kobo, Nook, Google Play, at Barnes & Nobles, at Target and Costco, they're never going to tell you who your, your readers are. They're never going to give you their email, their information, their names, and nothing. So you have to be co- building that contact list of your readers. And the way you do that is with an email list, right? So you're going to have your author website or just your regular website. And you're going to have a page on your website where people can sign up for your email newsletter. And you're going to put the link to that page at the beginning of your book, like on the title page, just underneath like the copyright disclaimer section. And then at the back of the book, uh, right before or right after your author biography. And so that what that's going to do is going to help you convert buyers of your books into email subscribers. And so that's not going to help your first book launch because if you're just starting out and you have zero following and zero zero audience, you know uh, you can't email someone if you don't have a list yet. But what it's going to do is help you build that list, right? And it's super important. So when you launch your next book, if you have zero following for your first book and you only sell 100 copies on Amazon, well, your next book, you can sell like 10 copies from your email list. And now with 10 sales in a day from an email, you can be number one on Amazon in like you know 10,000 plus bestseller lists and categories on Amazon with just 10 sales in one day because of how their sales ranking algorithm works. So it's, it doesn't sound like a big deal, but it's huge. Like the email list is everything. And the average return on investment for an email list for email marketing campaigns right now is 38x. So for every $1 on average a business spends on email marketing, they're getting $39 in revenue and sales. That's awesome. So it, it's if you, very, very And if you, for people who don't know much about email lists, I use ConvertKit for my email list. You can sign up at personalprofitability.com slash ConvertKit. There's other providers that are, are free to start. MailChimp is free up to 2,000 followers. You know, Aweber is another one that's, it's not free, but I, I used to use that one. It's another good product, personalprofitability.com slash Aweber. There's a handful of others too. So don't let the technical side of, of building an email list hold you back because if you already have a website, it's, uh, which I recently wrote about, if you go to personalprofitability.com slash blog, you'll find uh, how to build your website in five minutes post in, in the last couple months. You, you can build your website and build your email list really easily. It's not a, uh, it's not this massive, scary thing that a lot of people think it is. 
So you have your, you're, you're building your email list. You've, you've got your book ready. You've launched it. What, what do you do after you publish it to try to climb the rankings and make sure people know about it and know to buy it? Absolutely. So, so just want to come back to the email list just real quick because this is not like a suggestion. It's like mandatory, right? When I talk about like combination lock, this is one of those numbers that has to be in the lock for you to really have long term success. And so don't launch a book without it. Like you're just not going to succeed long term. Every author I know who's earning six figures or more, they all are building their email list. They're all doing it the same way. So it's, it's one of those combinations you have to have, right? And so then when you launch your book, every thing you do to advertise to promote your book is now not just earning you royalties from sales for the book, it's also building your email list. So it's building your long-term business assets and your long-term income that you can then use to sell other products and books and services for years and years and years to come. So it's super crucial you do that. So now that you've got everything set up properly, you have like the most profitable book you could have, right? Because you're not only selling the book and earning royalties from that, but you're also building the email list. So so it's really important that you have your business set up in a way that's going to maximize your profitability. Because if you go out and spend $5,000 or $500 or whatever on, on advertising and marketing, if you don't have a profitable product, you're just throwing money down the toilet, right? So it's, it's really crucial you do that. So once you've done that, that's when it's time to actually figure out, okay, how are you going to drive traffic? How are you going to get those sales? And so a really important thing you have to understand about Amazon is that they use data uh, science to to sell more books. And so essentially, you know what this means because you've seen their website. So anytime you go on Amazon, you scroll down the page, you see a section that says customers who bought this book also bought. And it has a list of all these other books that are related to the book you're looking at now. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be a huge source of your sales if you actually sell any number of books on Amazon, right? And so what you have to do is when you promote your book, do not promote it to your friends and family. That's the worst thing you can do. Because what's going to happen is you, if you get a bunch of random people buying your book on how to fly a plane, Amazon's going to say, oh, hey, customers who bought this book on how to fly a plane are also love this, you know, historical romance novel, right? Which has nothing and to do with flying planes. Exactly. Unless it's a really cool romance novel. Your book. I mean, if it's a really cool romance novel, maybe there were airplanes in it. <laughs> yeah. But, but see, so what the problem with that is that What's going to happen then is that Amazon starts promoting your book to, to romance readers and romance readers say, hey, this book has nothing to do with romance. I'm not interested and they don't buy. And what happens is your clicks to conversion ratio on Amazon declines. And so rather than like, you know, uh, one out of 10 people who land on your book buying, uh, land on your book page actually clicking buy, maybe like one in a hundred click buy. And when that conversion ratio goes down, Amazon stops promoting you. So the vast majority of your sales on Amazon are going to come from Amazon doing the promotion. But you have to teach Amazon how to promote your book to the right people. And since the most crucial time to do this is right when you release the book. So the first thing you want to do when you release your book is find targeted readers who are very interested in your niche or your subgenre. And you want them to be the first people to buy your book. And you want to give that like a slow trickle. So... For the first couple of days when you release your book, you want to get a couple sales a day, maybe one sale a day if you're brand new. But you want them to be really targeted readers, right? You want them to be people who are super, super interested in your field. And so you can do this. So, so easy ways to do this is, um, you know, Google your topic plus blog, right? So you could do how to fly a plane plus blog, find all the top bloggers in your field and then email them and say, Hey, you know, I'm Eric Rosenberg. I've got this new book on how to fly a plane. You know, I'd love to send you a free review copy and see what you think and get your honest feedback on it. And then, then when they respond to you, you send them a review copy of your book and then you can ask them to review it on Amazon or write a blog article about it. 
and you'll start to get some sales that way. You can do the same thing. Find forums, niche forums. There's forums on you know all kinds of different topics and, and fields that, uh, that are imaginable. So you can find forums where people are, are hanging out to talk about your topic and become known there. So there's all kinds of ways to do it. It's really just about finding what's most effective for you in terms of where you're going to spend your time. Having a virtual assistant helps immensely. Like you can hire someone for two or three, four dollars an hour to go out there and find all these sites for you, and then and do a lot of this work for you. But where do you find those assistants? So it just depends on where you want to look. So like Upwork.com is a good place. Uh, if you want someone from the Philippines, onlinejobs.ph is a good place. And there's all kinds of places you can find them. Just just Google online like uh, you know freelancer websites. And then if you want people from a specific country, you can dive freelancer website plus whatever country you're looking for. Right, right. So, um, so you are out there, you're reaching out, you're networking, you're, you're essentially just trying to to go to places where your target market already is and and reach them that way, essentially. So whether that's blogs exactly. they read, forums they participate in, um, anywhere online. Do you um so what happens next? Does this trickle of sales trigger something in Amazon that triggers more sales? Exactly. So once you start getting enough sales from targeted readers, Amazon is going to start promoting your book to other readers in your market. So the next thing you want to do is after you start getting that trickle of sales, you want to schedule like an actual book launch. Okay. But uh, what do you want to do in this mean in the meantime before the book launch happens? So the book is going to be released on Amazon. It's going to be available for sale. But it's going to be this quiet kind of launch where you're just telling a few people at a time, a few key bloggers, a few people in forums. You're not doing a huge promotion. You're not spending a lot of money at this point. You're just starting to get that trickle of sales to teach Amazon who your ideal reader is. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to schedule the book launch. So there's two ways there. You can do a, a free book promotion on Amazon where you give your book away for free for five days, or you can do a 99 cent promotion on Amazon uh, where you do like a Kindle countdown deal and, and your book is for 99 cents for a period of up to about five days. So it, it really just depends uh, which method you want to go with. If you're brand new, you have no audience, no platform yet, a free promotion will probably be your best bet to start building up your email list and getting a following of, of fans. If you've already got a little bit of a platform, 99 cent promotion is probably going to be best because you're going to maximize your royalties and you're going to jump up your paid rankings on Amazon much faster. So when you do the book promotion, that's when you're going to go out and go to these different book promotion websites. There's there's hundreds of them. We can list... Uh, I've got several blog posts that, that list all the top book promotion sites and we can link those in the show notes. But basically, you're going to go to these book promotion sites and say, hey, my book is on promotion at 99 cents or free on these dates and these times. But again, you want to make sure you don't do this until you've already taught Amazon who your ideal reader is, right? Okay. So if you if you go out to these book promotion sites and get random people buying your book... Um, Those people aren't first influencing do, the algorithm as much because they already know, let's say, pilots like your book, so the romance readers won't get that suggestion. Mm-hmm. It depends on the book promotion site. So some book promotion sites are very general, right? And they're just not targeted traffic. And other ones like BookBub are really targeted. So it, it just depends. Okay. Yeah, so, every book promotion site's a little bit different. And you don't know which ones are going to feature you. And you don't know which ones are going to send you the most traffic. So that's why you have to kind of control the process before the book launch starts. Okay. So you, what is it like submitting to these sites? Do most of them have a form? Do you email them? Uh, what, what's- yeah, most of them have like forums that you fill out. Some of them, a lot of them are free. Some of them you have to pay for. So it's like bookweb.com is the biggest one by far. They've got millions and millions of email subscribers and they can sell anywhere from a thousand to three thousand or more books in a single day for you at 99 cents. So 
uh, I highly recommend you know using BookBub. But the problem with BookBub is that you have to have like proof. Like your your book has to stand out because they have editors review everything. So it has to be a really well edited book. It has to have good reviews. It has to be you know somewhat popular in your field for them to actually accept you. So it's not going to be perfect for a first time author with no following. But if you've already got a book with like 10, 15 plus good reviews and some decent sales, then that's the time to go ahead and submit to BookBub. Okay. So, so let's say you are newer, you BookBub doesn't look like the option and you're struggling with sales. What, what do you do? Is it a, a sign that you, you picked the wrong thing to work on or the wrong topic? How, how what do you respond? Do you, or do you still try to keep pushing the same book? Yeah. I mean, so you have to go back again to the market research and make sure it's actually a big enough market. So if there's no competition selling significant copies on Amazon, then you've messed up with a market, right? Mm-hmm. But if you've got a big market and you're not selling lots of books, then you know something wrong with your book, right? Something wrong with what you're doing. And so you can take a look at a lot of the different factors that influence your sales. So from the book cover to the description to the first five pages of the book, or like a big problem a lot of authors make, Eric, is like you look at the first five pages of their book and it's just boring. Like it's just unbelievably appallingly boring like they haven't drawn the reader into the story there's no hook there's no reason for the reader to keep reading it's just like this basic introduction right like in this book you're going to learn how to fly a plane you know these tips are crucial for you to avoid injury and you know, right it's like okay there couldn't be any more boring instruction than that right because because flying a plane is exciting right isn't flying a plane like so much fun totally so you lead so, in rather than leading in with safety tips maybe you'd lead in with you know, I'll never forget the morning that I flew over the ocean for the first time or something like that. You know, get, hook people in so they're engaged right away. Don't wait. That's exactly. Awesome. Exactly. That's exactly what you have to do. Because a lot of people are going to click this look inside feature on Amazon and Amazon's going to automatically show them the first 10% of your book and they can start reading right away. And so if they start reading and they're bored, they're going to click away and find something else. Another thing that you can do to, to if your, your sales aren't doing what you expected them to do is go back to your keywords that you selected in your metadata when you uploaded your book and type those keywords into Amazon and see where your book is ranking. So if you have a keyword for how to fly a plane in your, in your keyword for your book and you type that into Amazon's search engine and you find out your book is like on page 27. Right, like you're not getting any traffic, you're not getting any sales from that keyword. So you can either change the keyword, or you can try to get more traffic for that keyword by adding that keyword to your book description, or by linking by building links to your book. So you can do guest articles and other blogs and so forth, and have them link to your book on Amazon, and that can help your search results as well. That's great. So, so if you've already written a book, when you decide to write your follow up, let's say you, you did see some success, do you? Want to write on the same topic or does that matter? So it just depends what your strategy is, right? So, you know, for most people, you're going to write in one, one area. Okay. And so an area can be pretty broad. It doesn't have to be just a tiny little niche, right? Like if you're writing fitness books, you don't have to write only fitness books for women aged 30 to 40 who happen to have kids, right? Like that's just too narrow of a niche. So it's okay to write fitness books for men and fitness books for women and fitness books for kids and fitness books for seniors, right? Like you can write in all these different kind of areas, but you want to stand, stay true to your general brand, your general purpose, your general area. So instead of writing, you know, the first book, a fitness book and your second book on flying a plane and your third book, you know, a romance novel, you want to try to stick to one general area and theme. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. So, so you've written, you know, more than two dozen books. What, 
what has the journey been like going from you, you wrote your first book, you know, uh, like a decade ago. Now, now you're the expert in it. What is it? How does that felt going over time and writing all these books? What's what impact has that had on your life? You know, it, it's profound. You know, writing a book, it, it'll change your life. And it had and not to do with the sales and the notoriety and the fame. It's not about that. It's like the process of actually sitting down and clarifying your thoughts and clarifying what you believe about the world and your message and the ideas you want to share, the ideas that you think are important, that process will change your life because it forces you to think about, you know, whatever you're writing about in a much deeper way. Like I guarantee you, Eric, if you write a book on how to fly a plane, you're going to become a better pilot, right? Like there's, there's no way around a better that. pilot. So you have to research and learn something or at least you're, you know, rethinking through what you already know, making it, you know, front of mind, fresh, you're analyzing what you know. That's so, uh, yeah, totally. That, that sounds awesome. I, I don't know that I'm, an, I'm the right guy to write a book on how to be a pilot, but I do have one underway called personal profitability. No surprise. It's about uh, personal finance and entrepreneurship. So, uh, so, so what are you, what are you working on next? What's the, what's the next big thing for Tom? So right now we have a publishing company. So I started the publishing company about three years ago. So we actually publish other authors. Uh, we published in all different markets, fiction, health, business, personal development, all kinds of areas. Also lots of, uh, sorry, that was nonfiction. Also lots of fiction, so romance, mystery, thrillers, all kinds of stuff. And so that's been a lot of fun. And we started doing more deals. Like we've had, we've translated our clients' books into Chinese and uh, French and Korean, all these other languages. It's really, really cool. And uh, doing lots of licensing deals. Um, so really just growing the publishing business. And, you know, what I'm excited about is like we get to take amazing books and put them out there and change people's lives with them. You know, that's why I got into business. That's why I wanted to write a book is because, you know, when I was like 18, I read my first personal development book. It was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that book just changed my life. And I started reading as many personal development books as I could find. Um, and so, you know, books, they change how people see the world. They change how people think. They change our culture. And it, it, and it really does make a huge difference in the world. And so that's what I'm so excited about is, you know, the publishing company getting to publish more books, but also just teaching. So I've got lots of different training courses and software and tools for authors to teach them how to succeed because I think authors really play a huge impact in our culture. And, and, you know, a large part of people's education, Eric, is books, right? Totally. It's what we read. I mean, you know, teachers assign them to you. And then after college, how do you learn more? You know, it's not from, from watching politicians on TV. <laughs> exactly. And like everyone, you can talk to anyone. And I don't think there's a lot of people that have a really super positive view of our school system right now, at least in America. You know, like there's so many issues and problems with it. And there's so many ways we could improve. And, you know, that's a big problem to tackle. I don't know how to tackle it, but I know by providing people with better books and better information, they're going to make better decisions and better choices with their lives. And it's going to create a better future for everyone. Yeah, it's awesome. We're, we're, that's part of why, you know, I started blogging and you know, we're, we're trying to help the world and make a few bucks doing it. It's awesome. So if someone wants to find you, they want to connect with you, they're inspired, want, want to read your, your wisdom online or take one of those courses, where is the best place people should go? Where should they find you? Yeah, so you can go to the website at tckpublishing.com. We have a blog there with tons of free resources and checklists for you to get started on writing your book and getting it published. The free training at ebookpublishingschool.com is a video training course that walks you through the process of you know, formatting your ebook for Amazon, publishing it on Amazon, and then building your author platform. And then uh, I also have a podcast show called The Publishing Profits Podcast at publishingprofitspodcast.com. 
And every week we interview best-selling authors, agents, publishers, marketers to talk about what's working right now in the industry to really drive sales for your books. Well, awesome. Well, everyone, definitely go check Tom out. He, he knows his stuff. He, he's been doing this for a long time. And if you want to start your side hustle through self-publishing on Amazon, um, this is a great resource. And, and we all know how I feel about side hustles. And that is not a negative feeling <laughs> anyway. So thank you so much, Tom, for, for being a part of it, for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you, listeners, for hanging out till the end. As always, if you, if you love the show, please drop on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts, leave a positive review or share it with a friend because that's the only marketing we have and, and it means the world to me and um again th- thanks thanks to all for for being a part of this community and helping it thrive and grow and until next time stay profitable thanks for listening to the personal profitability podcast if you enjoyed this episode please leave a rating on itunes or share it with a friend 